scripture reading today is found in Acts 24, 22 to 26. It's in the New uh, International Version. Uh, then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, adjourned the proceeding. When the seer, the commanding commander, comes, he said, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul on the guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. Seven days later, Felix came to his wife, Lucia, who was Jewish. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Jesus and Christ Jesus. As Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, That's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently and talked with him. Jesus, the way to the Father. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. But if you really knew me, you would know. Religious language in general is filled with metaphor, and one of the most common is that of path or way. Journey is another term used a lot. Direction. These are words that approximate something that we all understand, but don't exactly describe. In Buddhism, there are two major paths to enlightenment. Mahayana and is what we call narrow path Buddhism. It focuses more on Buddha as a deity. Mahayana Buddhism is a broad path and encompasses most of the world's adherents. It tends to be more I don't want to say atheistic, but focuses less on the deities of Buddha and more on the, the uh, meditations and sayings and practices. You would find path or way or other language in other traditions as well. Even within Judaism, you find several tracts, if you will, several modalities, the most mystical and ethereal of which might be Kabbalah on the one end and the most strict and austere on the other end um, might be Orthodox or uh, what's the one beyond that I'm liking out of? Hasidic Orthodox, yeah. So we have uh, uh, in every tradition just about this notion of 
life path, life direction um, way. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, just so I can demonstrate this in Christianity. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. I'm sorry I don't have a few Bible reference for that, but Matthew 7, 13. I'll give you time to find that. Jesus is toward the end of his Sermon on the Mount. He's given the Beatitudes. He's spoken some of his most famous words. And he gets to this section, this little pericope here as it's known, and it goes like this. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Have you heard that before? And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Sounds mystical to me. It sounds distinctive. It sounds clear. You have this notion of entering something, journeying on something, going from here to there, making your way through life. And Jesus uses this particular device to say the following. The way of the popular masses is not necessarily the way of the cross. The way of broadest appreciation is not necessarily the way of such. The way of the world is not the path to my doorstep. You'll pardon my sort of loose paraphrasing of these, these passages. But I think it's illustrative. It gets to our point. There is something very particular about the journey we've entered. Something very specific that we're going to get to. Something incredibly important for each of us, and perhaps even more so if that's possible in this season. Because while I'm not accustomed to this, the Advent tradition in Protestantism this year includes a word that I've never heard before in the Advent tradition, the word way. The word way. An odd word to put out there alongside of love, peace, joy, hope. Way. It almost sounds like teenage slang. Way, no way, way. But it's it's prescriptive. Referential. It refers to something specific, something important about our journey, our choice, our path, our calling, our deliverance. Jesus said, narrow is the gate. Don't do the narrow gate. Because the 
a desert's provision of manna, forever fresh, stored in a jar underneath the mercy seat. A piece of dead wood carried from Egypt, a strange land, into a promised land by one who would be a priest. Aaron's rod as it buds as a sign. Death giving way to life. Newness springing from that which is long. And in this place, God's glory rests. And people want to get back to that. Google and people endure that day because it's glory. Hear the hope of the passage? Do you sense the longing? I've mentioned this before, but when you're on the western wall of Jerusalem and you see the Orthodox and the faithful who have come to pray, and you watch them gesticulate against the wall, seeking to rid their minds of clutter, seeking to focus on the God who is theirs. reading texts, wrapping themselves in the phylacteries that they carry with the scriptures to again remind themselves of where they are. Kissing the wall and weeping, oh, a strange sight, what a glorious one, and one you can participate in. For when you hear the story and you understand that above the western wall was the closest place to where the Holy of Holies was in the temple, where that Ark of the Covenant was, and could we, longing for the presence of God and glory to be with you once again. This is the way of reunion. This is the way of reconciliation. This is the way back to the presence of God. This is the way. Comfort me, my people. Their tribulation is over. Make them rise. Jesus comes to comfort to Jerusalem. The one who brings back glory. Only, as you know, he's not recognized in that way. Our next passage, Acts, doesn't deal directly with the subject matter in terms of Jesus, nor does it relate directly to what we read in Isaiah and Malachi. But in Acts 24, we find something quite remarkable. When we got new few Bibles, I got a new study Bible. It is still a bit foreign to me. I can find anything in my old one. This one is just a bit of a, a challenge. Says several days before Felix came with his wife, Priscilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul talked about the righteousness 
self-control and judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough now, you may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. At the time he was hoping, Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently and talked to him. Now, if you back up to 22, it gives you the background of that, and it says, Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, and it's way capitalized in your Bible. What does that mean? Adjourned the proceedings. When Lysias, the commander, comes, I will decide the case. Interesting. You have an official here, Felix, who was well, a governor in Judea, by the way, that's who he was, well appointed with the way. Capital W. Way had become a code name for the movement of Christianity within Judaism. The way had become the name identifying followers of Christ. The name Christian would not be used until much later. The way signified all of those who, out of Judaism, had seen in Jesus the promises of Isaiah and Malachi fulfilled who had drawn comfort, as the prophet said, who understood that among them, one who was holy had been present. And that brings us to the final text and the key text in our talk this morning. Turn with me to John 14, read so nicely for us just a few minutes ago. John 14, 5 to 7, that's page 94 in the Bible. I'm going to focus on verse 6. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Interesting question. asking the physical directions to the place that Jesus is going. Now what's the problem here? Have you ever asked a physical question when the answer you were seeking was spiritual? This is why we speak in the language of metaphor. There is, folks, no path to God. Literally. There's no highway you can get on anywhere and end up at God. It doesn't exist. Only a metaphor. And ultimately, it isn't a course of direction. It's a course of relationship. It's a course of insight. Jesus said this all the time. Spiritual things are spiritually understood. Let him who has ears hear. Well, obviously, if you have ears and are working here, right? No. Most of us have ears. We hear just fine, and we don't hear a thing half the time spiritually. 
We hear what we want to hear. Are you good at that? I am really good at hearing what I want to hear. I am an expert listener in that way. Sometimes I miss the message being sent. Sight? I'm growing a bit old, but there was a time I had 2013 vision. I can still read a traffic sign 100 yards out. My distance is fine. I just can't read anything in front of my face hardly anymore. But aging aside, those of us who have sight see, obviously, right? Yeah, we do. The dull, the temporal, the physical direction of the way. We don't see the spiritual activities or activities most of the time. We don't see struggle behind the scenes most of the time. We don't see the way in which God is constantly loving and acting on our behalf. We don't see. This is why Jesus said, if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, it doesn't mean much It means spiritual. So when we get to this wonderful passage, Philip is like most of us. He wants to know the driving directions to God. Can I put that in my GPS? I can almost hear him say. Jesus says something startling. I said through me, if you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. There's more to unpack there than I could possibly unpack. When Moses stands before a bush burning but not consumed, that's not a physical miracle, that is a spiritual reality. For God's presence is like a consuming fire only in the so. In the bush, Moses might have noticed the bush burning and thought it was odd that it was burning, but it would have burned out very quickly. Turned to ash in the desert and he would have been done with it, but it burns and it doesn't burn up. And as he approaches, a voice calls out to him, take off your sandals, you're walking on holy ground. Let those who have ears hear. Let those who have eyes see. Moses is there's this marvelous discourse between Moses and God. I'm going to have a conversation with God like that. Moses, perhaps from a human point of view, does very well, and in some ways we might judge him as being a bit unfaithful or a bit timid, perhaps. I think that's harsh. I couldn't carry myself before God nearly as well as he did. Moses has this conversation. He doesn't want to go. And God sends him anyway. And when Moses goes before Pharaoh, he is concerned that 
as the highest leader of the land, the deity of Egypt, the one who represents Ra, the son of God, Pharaoh himself is going to say, who would send you to me? And the answer is going to be, tell him that I am sent you. This isn't a name. This is the ground of existence. The very basis of being. Tell him that the God who is the I am God, the one who is, sent you. Jesus makes this statement. I am. And I, I am not only one who is, but I am one who exists as one who is, as the way, capital W, truth, capital T, life, capital L, my name. No one gets to God. I am the embodiment 
your direction in life, your purpose in life, your destination in life, your reality in life, your connection to everything that is eternal and everything that is in life.